We got Charles Wright, R&B legend, joining me here for Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Live 65, iHeartRadio. This is one of the all-time greats. Express Yourself is what we think about. Loveland. Got some hit records there that we're going to get into tonight. And then now you got some new things dropping. But, man, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you here and really just hear your story and share it with the whole world. And people already know it already, but just to get it out there because you're an important figure in this business. Welcome to the show. How's everything going? Everything's all right. Thank you. Yeah. Ready for the Super Bowl? Yeah, uh, I'm ready for it. You got that collaboration with BMW. How did it feel? Because, I mean, you've been getting commercials for years. It started out with Burger King. But how does it feel that even all these years later, the song is still blossoming? It's still an iconic piece of music. Yeah, it's a hundred of some commercials around the world on all kind of products. And I'm thankful for it, you know. I I never imagined uh, any song I had would do what Express Yourself was doing. I mean, it's been sampled by lots of artists, NWA, we know that, we'll get into that. <laughs> but the commercial for BMW, when did you kind of learn the business of getting the contracts right with do, getting your song in commercials? Because people don't realize, even like when you go to stores, there's like licensing agreements. So what was kind of something that you had to learn along the way to get the, the right contracts to where you get what you're owed for your songs? You know, a lot of artists call me and ask me, how do you do this? How do you get your song in commercial? I can't tell them a damn thing. The truth of the matter is people just... They must want, everybody must want to express themselves that they, they just request or express themselves. And uh, I'm hooked up with Warner Brothers who administrated. And uh, people always contact either me or Warner Brothers, Warner know if they could use it. Uh, I don't do nothing, but nobody does anything. The song does it all. And it lives on. It's the iconic piece of music. NWA. I, I did want to touch on that with you because I did hear that your son told you that you had a hit on the radio when Express Yourself came out and you saw the cassette and that it was written by Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah. My son, my son called me one day, said, Dad, you got a hit record. I said, no, no, I ain't heard it on the radio. Can't be a hit record. And uh, so I hung up the phone. He called me a couple of days later. Dad, you got your record. They're selling a truck or their car or something. I said, well, let me go down to the record store and see what they think about this. Cause... So I walked out of my door to go to the record store. And the kid lived next door, came by in his jalopy playing Express Itself by NWA on his radio in his car. So I went over in the driveway and I went to the driver's side and said, man, that's my song. He said, man, Charles, you old school. This is the newest shit here. No, you, this is, this, you, you jiving. I said, man, that's my song. Uh, give me that tape box. Let me see. I'll show you who the writer is on it. And I looked at the tape box and writer, Ice Cube. I said, oh, no. He said, I told you, you this was the newest stuff. You, you ain't hip to this kind of stuff, Charles. I said, give me that. Now, I took the number off the box, and I called the company. The lady told me, well, I told them I didn't think they could get away with this. So she gave me Ice Cube's number, and I called them up. We had a little discussion, and it kind of settled that on. 
<laughs> How do you feel about NWA just using the record and just it, having it take off on its own? How how do you feel about that? Because I know you're big on wanting to have music that's uplifting the community, and you feel as though now the music it isn't that way anymore. But how did you feel about NWA coming out during that time and what they stood for and them doing the Express Yourself record? Well, they stood for something that was strong and new, yeah. clean, and I, I like that. You know, uh, uh, I didn't like the idea that they had Tone Lock standing there pretending he was me every time the song come on with the vocals. But uh, that's all right. Yeah. I like the money. I got the money. So I'm cool. <laughs> It's been a long journey for you, just learning about the hardships, you growing up and outside of Clarksdale and with the sharecroppers, just hearing about that because the sharecroppers convinced your brainwashed your father that African music was the devil's music. So yeah. I, I, did, I did hear that your father, he was not having it when he first heard you on the radio. So when you started to really take off years and years down the line, did he ever accept your music? No, I, I don't think so. I, there was this one time my baby sister, who was still living with my parents, when I did a song I wrote called Comment on television one day, and she told me that my father cried. That's the first emotion I ever heard of him having with my music. And one of the last. He was convinced that man convinced him that the blues was the devil's music. And he was a preacher, so he went for it. I didn't. Man, it's just so unfortunate. And I think you were allowed to listen to the spiritual music and country western. You were allowed to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> country western, do you believe it? Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, I was allowed to listen to that. I couldn't listen to the blues. But when I did hear the blues, man, I went blues crazy. I heard Lil Walter and, and uh, Jimmy Reed and guys like that. And I, I really got into that when I, once I heard it. Yeah, that influenced me a lot. Hunter Hancock, the show? Yeah, by that time, I was 14 years old. Yeah, uh, had, hadn't been exposed to that kind of music at all. Hardly. No, and that opened it up for you, because I think you look, that's when you took all the steps for you to learn how to play instruments, too. Yeah, I learned, uh, well, I, I learned a little bit from uh, on the piano on my own with the help of one of my sisters, who she didn't know much more than I did. Anyway, anyway I learned enough to start a duo group and, and guide them through recording records and making hit records. And uh, then one group I was with, the Shields, they had only a guitar on their hit record. And we went on the road and first band that we played with was at the Apollo Theater. It was a, about a 20-some-odd piece of orchestra. They had everything in it but a guitar. 
So to me, that didn't sound right. I'm trying, we're trying to sing a song though, just with the guitar, with all those instruments playing this and that. Anyway, I uh, decided I have to try to learn to play guitar to back up the group while we perform so we wouldn't have to go through that. And But I was left-handed and nobody's supposed to be able to play a guitar left-handed. But one of the guys in the group had a guitar, his brother had a guitar, he let me mess around with it. And so I, I started messing around and after a while I was playing Peter Gunn on the bass string. I was playing, hear, me, hear what I say by Ray Charles. And before you knew it, I was playing enough guitar to back the group up. And that's what I did for a while. It was right-handed guitar. And it turned out I had a different sound than anybody else. And during the 60s, early 60s, the mid-60s, I was one of the most sought-after guitar players for recording studios in Hollywood. That got you eventually connected with Bill Cosby because Bill Cosby helped you and the band get the contract with Warner Brothers. So how how did the initial meeting with you and Bill Cosby happen? Because I know he wanted a band to help him out with the singing and songwriting because people don't realize that he was wanting to be an artist to start out, and he was, but then people wanted to hear his jokes. So how did he kind of get in contact with you? What's the story of him getting in touch with you? One day we were playing, I was playing with this band I played with a lot of times in the studio. And uh, in, I looked up, here come Bill Cosby and Fred Smith, who was a local record producer, looking for a band to back Cosby on his first vocal record, which was called Little Old Man. You ever hear Little Old Man? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it became a hit record, really. And uh, uh, so a week or so later, when he left that day, he stayed all day to, to, through the whole session. And when he left, he said, I, you, I wouldn't use nobody but you guys. So he came back a couple of weeks later, and we recorded Little Old Man. It became number, got in the top 20 in the Billboard charts. And then he wanted to do an album. We did an album called Silver Throat, after which he wanted to start performing live. And so we backed him up. My group became his backup band to, re to do his live performance. Until one night, well, I ain't gonna go into that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh boy i hope it's not controversial <laughs> it, it is quite controversial so i won't oh. mention it because actually frankly i think they have done deal cosby as wrong as you can do with anybody uh, he don't deserve all of the scrutiny he got in the jail time and all of that He's a great man, actually. And he uh, has done a lot. He has done a lot to uplift the black race, you know. And uh, we should actually 
be hold, be beholden to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the system, I mean, I used to work with them. So I know those ladies that uh, women that would hang around backstage, waiting for him to get off the stage just so they could get their hands on him. So I know that these same ladies coming up here now talking about he raped them or this and that. They lied. They're trying to capitalize off of the man. Do you think, because this is an interesting topic, do you think, because I, I notice it, and I call it all the time with black entertainers, because you see what's going on with Puff Daddy, P. Diddy right now. Do you think it's there's kind of an agenda after a lot of the top black entertainers? Sounds like it to me. Mm. It sounds like it to me. You know, I think it sounds like, I, I, I think of R. Kelly. Mm -hmm. Man, when I hear just a few weeks ago, I was listening to I Believe I Can Fly. Man, that's one of the greatest pieces of art ever been recorded in the history of the world. That man should not be behind bars. Yeah, I don't know what's happening with Puff Dead and him. But uh, I, speaking of R. Kelly, man, I just... I've been thinking about buying his house so I could give it back to him if he get out. Wow. I did see that, that it was on the market. Yeah, it's on the market. It's a little mark too high. But <laughs> my, kid, my kids live right around the corner from in Olympia Fields where, that, where his home is. So uh, two of my kids do anyway, at least. My kid and my, and my two of my grandkids, but uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't approve what they do now or killing. And and one of the best videos I ever saw was the stepping video. Oh, step in the name of love. Yeah, that's one of the best videos. I and I, I have never been an RK fan. Get don't get me wrong, uh, not really. Until I heard it, I, I believe I could fly a few weeks ago, man. What a great piece of work. <laughs> I wish we locked somebody up that who that there's another brilliant artist who he's dead now, David Ruffin. Okay. He has a song on YouTube where he's performing live called uh, A Statue of a Fool. Mm. that he say he wrote when he was 18 years old. If he did that at 18 years old, he's a genius. What a song, man. They want to perform with David Ruffin is one of the top performers in the world. Absolutely. A legend, no doubt about it. And it's it was so important for you to touch on that topic there because I think there's a, a lot of different things that are going on out here because you can't cancel music. I know people are big on you got to cancel this artist, cancel that, get rid of their contributions to music. Because I know when the stuff went down with Bill Cosby, they were getting the Bill Cosby show off of TV networks. You won't even see it on there anymore. So they're acting like it didn't exist. Because it's American history. Yeah. And they're trying to erase American history. <clears throat> That's a part of the agenda. Yeah. It's difficult, but 
I'm hoping that eventually people start to see you got to acknowledge what was made and just the greats and their contributions, despite whatever went on. If if it did, if it didn't, you never know nowadays. But it's kind of interesting learning about your story because Warner Bros. was they were looking to get into the R&B industry for about 15 years. You were the ones to really break them in. And then they kind of just separated what was the reason why because you helped them i don't get why they wouldn't want to continue that you gotta read my next book called expressions now when when's this when do you want to release this because i still want to read the first one because i do want to learn about your life story and just the the struggles that you went through because that's what made you but when is express yourself the book coming out six of april my birthday okay yeah you read my other book? No, I didn't have a chance to I didn't have a chance to because the interview was so close because we just scheduled this like two days ago. So once I'm done with the interview, we'd love to have you back on the show so we can talk about your book. Probably around the time when you release the next book, I would love to sit down and read that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was the I'm trying to remember what I what I asked you? Just oh, but the Warner Bros thing. Why do you think they if you wanna if you can shed anything on it, unless you want to leave it for the book, is there anything you kind of want to shed on why Warner Bros didn't want to continue working with you because you broke them in into the RB industry? I explained it very well in the book. You know, I know I broke them into the RB industry, which they've been trying to break into for maybe 20 years. And I feel real bad about the fact that it didn't seem like they appreciated what I did. I don't know if it, what it was. I don't know if it was my lyrics, that song, Express Yourself, or my lyrics in the song, Comment, that I'm talking about. I told you my father cried over. Uh, you ever hear that song? Express Yourself? Wait, which one was it? Comment. See yeah, I did hear that one. I went and previewed your records. Yeah, uh, there's a group called Wilco that did it too. And so did Les McCann and a few other people. And it was Ray Charles even did it, but his manager didn't want him to speak of no politics. So I don't know if it was that song or Express Yourself. I don't know what I said and Express Yourself unless it's something that they couldn't understand what I was saying. Because a lot of people try figure out what I meant when I said it's not what you look like when you're doing what you're doing, it's what you're doing when you're doing what you look like you're doing. And there's nothing derogatory about it, but people try to figure it out. They don't, some people can't figure it out. It's very plain to see what that. It is. And for Watts, 103rd Street Rhythm Band, kind of get into the formation of this because you were going into nightclubs and just meeting up with the different members I was reading online. And are any of you guys still potentially wanting to get back to a reunion? Because I know you're still doing music solely, but have you thought about a reunion? It'll never happen. Mm. Uh, uh, you read it in my book, where it went down. Uh I don't want to tell you the story right here at this particular minute, but you will read in my book what went down. And actually, I was sabotaged from within and without. Wow. Yeah. 
I had all good intentions, but everybody thought, you know, that I was, I guess the guys in the group thought I was going to leave the group once I got established, which was something I would never done. And there were some people outside the group that had managed us and that I had dismissed. And they caused me so many problems. Yeah, but uh, too bad, you know, because uh, we started with all the Ohio players and cool the gang and, and all these confrontational, all these groups that came after us. We opened the door for them. As a matter of fact, I think we gave them, they tell me all the time, war. And all our players, they tell me, they, I'm the reason they started. And we brought a lot of groups out of the ghetto. But now Taylor Swift is running the show. <laughs> <laughs> you name it, I'll claim it. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know how that happened. No, no, and it's even more now with her and Kelsey at the Super Bowl, and you're gonna, she's gonna be running it tomorrow. I know Usher's performing, but they're gonna try to overshadow that with Taylor Swift. I'm sure up in the booth. <laughs> yeah, I thought they was saying she might perform. Yeah. Well, Lord have mercy. Have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. I, I did want to ask you, what are your thoughts on just how R&B has evolved over time from, from when you started? Because people consider the 90s R&B the golden era, that it was such a special time. And just kind of what you think about R&B right now. R&B is dead. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, you can't top earth, wind, and fire. You know, uh uh, who I think I inspired as well. The, the problem is they, they gave us a drum machine and an electric keyboard back in the mid-80s. And we started making music with a metronome. I, I worked my group day and night to try to get the feeling that goes along with the record. For us, it's love land. We must have recorded that 40 different days until we finally got the right feeling for it. I wouldn't even put a record out unless I had that feeling that I was looking for. There's a human emotion. They've taken the emotion out of the music with machines. Machine has no heart. No. And so here we go down the wrong path with the, what we call R&B, that what you hear today is really not R&B. It's, it's a, a simulation of R&B. And I'm, I'm against categorizing music in the first place. You know, music is either good or it's bad. You know, don't, it don't, you don't name it just because of the race of a person. You can, but that that's not really where it's at. You know, um, good emotional music, you can't beat that with a stick. No. And music's a feeling. I always say that music is more of a feeling. 
when you listen to it. You we feel it and you you get something out of it. it. Today's music, yeah. I'm even though I'm a DJ and I have to really put on for younger artists and help them out and promote their work, it's never gonna live up to anything. I always say anything past like 2005, like before 2005, I feel as though, especially when the internet took over, forget yeah. about it because then anyone could make a song and it just becomes so much easier. And there's, there's more technology garage band and all these different FL studio, all these different things that you're not really using instruments and it's auto tunes. Another issue nowadays, you didn't have audio. <laughs> He's shaking his head. <laughs> oh man. You know, they got all ways, all kind of ways to kill our music. You know, uh, disco, yeah, that was one phase, you know, and you go, you know, the thing about it is when you hear a beat, your heart synchronizes with it. A lot of people don't know that. You know, and you got a house room full of people, an auditorium or whatever, and then all of a sudden everybody get happy and start throwing their hands up and screaming and hollering. That's because all their hearts are beating at the same time. That's magic. That's magic. Okay, we created something back in Mississippi called the blues, and all of this is a spin-off of that. It's not no uh, just a coincidence that David Ruff, Sam Cook, Muddy Waters, Ike Turner. B.B. King, and there's so many others, all born within 50-mile radius of each other. B.B. King, King of the Blues. There's no, there's no coincidence that there's just all that magic come out of one place. And it's spread all over the world. Everybody's trying to do it. And very few people can really do it. Do you ever see a time where, because I, I believe, like I said, the internet ruined music. It's, it's so far gone. Do you ever see it kind of returning to some point where people get tired of what music has become and we start going back more to the instruments? I mean, it may be difficult because when you learn about things, they're taking instruments out of schools. They're taking these classes out of schools that teach kids how to play instruments. Well, you know, I, I think... Uh, I kind of lost your question. Oh, just your your thoughts on us ever kind of getting back to the roots of music. Oh, I believe that someday mm -hmm. there's going to be a machine or some kind of mechanism that you put music through. And when it come out, it'll tell you, well, this music has it and this doesn't have it. You know, right now, we got, I used to work on the Dick Clark tools, okay? And, and some of the tools had Frankie Avalon, Dwayne uh, uh, Eddie, uh, Fabian. Uh, you ever hear of Fabian? No, I have not. Fabian was a guy, he come out on stage, he was a good looking guy. And he couldn't sing. And so he come out, they call his name. He run out on stage and he point out in the audience. 
and all the girls would be screaming, hollering. He started singing. He would be off key and the wrong person the song most of the time. And when they, those girls stopped screaming and point upstairs and they scream, and you point over in his way and then that way, by that time the song's over. And Fabian's been all wrong all through the song all the time. It wasn't about music anymore. Fabian was a Dick Clark invention. He, Dick Clark, was, I don't know what connection he had, if he was a manager. Anyway, he was, we couldn't even discuss his shortcomings on the tour because everybody was afraid Dick Clark would come down on him. But there there were times when people, I, I could see where people, bigotry, would allow them to listen and, and go for anything. And that Fabian was a great example. Mm. You never heard of Fabian? No, I got to do my research on him. Yeah, you do the research on Fabian. Yeah. <laughs> you see how our music has been abused so much, man. We we created some beautiful stuff and it hits the soul, you know what I mean? Uh, doo-wop music. They phased it out completely, but doo-wop was one of the most beautiful art forms I've ever heard. That's how I got involved in this stuff. The four-part melody. Yeah. You know anything about doo-wop? Very little. Very little. Um, I got to go back and really do my research on it, but I know it inspired the greats like you. Well, yeah, uh, Jesse Bellman, you don't know who that is. Yeah, oh, I, I th- that was the, the, you called him. I heard that you researched his number in the phone book, and he, yeah. he, told, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. told you to stop copying his style, find, find yeah. your own sound, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he took me on his wing, though, and he, he made me what I am. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great man. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were even singing in, in, in a tunnel too at one point to, to hear the voice, just to hear the echo. And that's kind of how you learned your sound as well. Yeah, what I did is uh, I uh, started me a vocal group after I got involved with Jesse Bell, but he told me about a man in the neighborhood who had a, 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 a recording studio and his own record label. So I went by and asked him I had a group. I told him I wanted him to get my group uh, audition. He said, don't bring him in until you're ready. I said, well, I'll bring him when you get ready. Well, I thought he was ready after I'm in there. And my cousin, he was in part of the group. He sang like a songbird, automatically. He got up and sang the first couple of songs, and I walked up to the mic. Yeah, hold it, hold it. Don't you ever try to sing lead, but the man told me, you stay in the background for the rest of your entire life. Let your cousin do the lead, okay? You sound horrible. So, uh, man, that hurt me so bad. I stepped back into the background, and I go in this tunnel, not far from my house where the kids go under the 
street to go to the school. And I go in there at night and sing and listen to my echo coming back, you know what I mean? And then listen to the Honey Hancock show and I wrote a couple of songs. So about six months later, I went back to his studio by myself. Yeah, I sit down there at his piano hoping he allowed me to finish the first verse. And I sing this one song that I brought. And when I got through, I turned around to see how what his reaction was. He said, man, you're not the same guy that came here. I told him to stay in the background, are you? I said, that's me. He said, man, I don't believe this. He said, I'd record you singing that song there right now if I could. I said, well, let's do it, man. He said, no, I don't my studio just for practice. I use some of Hollywood's finest studios when I record a record. So for the next time I go in the studio, I'm taking you with me. And from now on, you're going to be my number one superstar. And that's how I made my first hit record. He took me in the studio like he said he would. That's history. Yeah. I wanted to get into Do Your Thing because this was an ad lib and the band, they thought it was a piece of junk. That's And it turned out to be a hit. They were wrong. Big Dog Expression said it was a piece of junk too. Uh, actually, uh, Do Your Thing was, we were, uh, I had talked to my brother and to let me back a truck up to the club we were working in, in Hollywood. And they did. And we walked in there, all these mics across the stage, and these guys was kind of nervous that night. First couple of sets were kind of tight. They wouldn't really loose like we usually were. And in the middle of the third set, I started ad-libbing. And uh, the band started ad-libbing right along with me. And then I, I looked out on the floor and looked like everybody was doing a different dance than the other person. So I started singing, everybody get on the floor, do your thing, whatever it is. And man, we got into a groove that I was so proud of. And I went to the studio that next Monday and I cut that piece out and I brought it home and let the band hear. See, I think this is a hit record. Some of them said, don't put my name on that jump. We can do better than that. I said, I recognized it for what it was. And I put it out and it doesn't happen for eight months. Eight months later, I had a disc jockey from Philadelphia called me and said, I want you to come star on my show. I said, star on your show? What do you mean? Who's on the show? He said, Ruth Brown, Chuck Jackson, all of my heroes. I said, you got to be kidding me. He told somebody he don't even know. He said, you know, we're three here in Philadelphia. I said, well, let me call you back in a few minutes. So I called Clive Akimo and Warren Brothers, I said, this guy just called me and asked me to come star on the show because we got his records. He said, man, we stopped tracking that record three months ago. You better put something else out there. That's a dead issue. 
I said, he sounds serious. He said, man, the guy's pulling you to bed. I said, at least give him a call. He said, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. Five minutes later, I can't believe it. You're 92,000 in Philadelphia alone. Never heard of with the R&B record. I said, uh-huh, you guys are not on your job. That's the problem here. <laughs> he said, maybe it's just a, a Philadelphia record. I said, if 92,000 people in Philadelphia feel like it's a hit, 92,000 people in New York, Chicago, LA, and Detroit are gonna feel the same way. And sure enough, it became a huge hit. Stayed in the charge 27 weeks. And you actually, when I was doing my research on you, you didn't end up going to the show in Philly. No, I didn't. I don't, I don't know why I didn't think of it. We didn't do that show. Uh, what happened is that we had a problem with the record was going up and down in the charts because the Isley Brothers live right next door in, in New Jersey, and they heard it. And they started, they wrote a song called Do you, Do Your Thing. The it's airport your, story. Yeah. It, it's your thing. They took it. Yeah. They told me in the airport that's, that they had took it. But uh, I was kind of rude to them. I said, yeah, I know. I, I know. Walked away. But I apologized to them later for being like that. But I was insulted that they, because their record kept going up and mine was going that seesaw in the charts gave me a hard time that's why my record was in the charts for 27 weeks wow i think that's so important because i think a lot of artists go through that because a lot of artists are so innovative that you get these other artists i mean the isley brothers are great i'm not going to sit here and say that you know but they, you, they you did have influence in earth wind and fire you mentioned it and i believe it because i've seen other artists go through it where they'll take something from another artist and just completely rip it from them, and they get all the success. <laughs> That's my guitar player in Earth, Wind, Fire with all the hit records. That's my guitar player. Yeah. Well, I taught how to play rhythm. So, uh, yeah, I know I influenced them. They would get angry if you told them that, I think. But the fact of the matter is, I did. Yeah. And I know I did. And they're the greatest group that ever lived. And you've been getting your flowers, though. I mean, because you got inducted to the R&B Hall of Fame. How did it feel to get inducted? I don't do my records for awards. Mm. Appreciate it. But I do, do, I do my record for the people. I, I love people. And I try to do things to make people feel good. And uh, I'm not going to probably ever be uh, introduced into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't expect to be. And I don't care. And it's about, but I'm in the R&B uh, Hall of Fame. And I'm thankful for that. But my, my word is still, I don't do my music make to get awards. My girlfriend trying to get me to get a star on Hollywood. I ain't interested in nothing like that. You know? 
Uh, as long as people like my music, I'm happy. Yeah. You, you do it for the love of it. That's how it started. Started for you doing it from the love and you're continuing on. But you got the new single out of your hand. So walk me through the story behind this record because. Oh, it, have you heard it? Yeah, I checked it out. You don't want me to walk through that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's an easy one. You can figure that out for yourself. <laughs> 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 How about doing it on the floor? Doing it on the floor, that, that, that's just a fun record, okay? We're just having fun doing that song and uh, have fun doing the video. Uh, doing it on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of just, when you look at it, it's the newer version. That When I listen to your old record, Do Your Thing, it's kind of like a new sounding kind of like a remaster of it in a way even though it's a different record it just gave me something that you took that you did from a, a long time ago and kind of put a new twist on it that old mississippi feeling man yeah that's what it is uh like i say it's not a coincidence that uh all those great artists i mentioned plus uh made dozens of more all came from a 50 mile radius of Clarksdale, Mississippi. Legends, yeah. That, that's definitely a, one of the top spots, especially for the, you mentioned the feeling of Mississippi and you, you carry the, the culture with you. When we look at, especially of the uplifting music and you always preach about people holding on to their masters, were you able to hold on to get your publishing back and your masters? I always own my publish. That's important. That's good. Yeah. An old Jewish lady taught me a long time ago not to give my publishing up. Negotiate with it if I want to, but never give it up totally. She, she told me a record company, would, and it's true, they always gave you a contract. Alongside that contract, they give you another contract, which is a publishing contract. She said, if you didn't have the right to keep it, they wouldn't have to have you sign it off to them. A lot of artists just happy to get a contract and they do whatever uh, the company wants them to do. Um, but I learned better, you know, not to give up my publishing. That's important. Yeah. I, Warner Brothers administrate my publishing, but I own it, thank God. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of times why artists go through so much controversy because people speak on it when Michael Jackson got his master's back, Prince getting his master's back. That's when the controversy start. They start releasing things. and Yeah, well, I never even, I, I never even trip on that. I don't think I could ever get my, I don't think they'll give me my master's back. They got them now. Uh, I duplicate some of my music. That's important. Do you have an album plan now that you got the two new singles out? Are you planning on releasing an album? Yeah, uh, I am. Follow your spirit. Mm. Yeah, I'll probably put it out along with my book. Yeah, that's going to be big. 
I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, everybody, they thought my first book was going to be about the entertainment industry. Here I come out of the cotton patch. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's where I was born, in the cotton patch, you know. So I, that, that's where my life started. Yeah. And people don't may not even know, too, you had some managing time with Bill Withers. Oh, I didn't manage Bill. No. Also, that's a, a false fact then that I read online. No, a lot of people say that. I didn't manage Bill. Bill came to me, and I, I had all this, those songs. I wish I had kept them. Grandma's Hand, Lean On Me, and all that stuff. I, I had, he wanted me to produce him. And I was going to produce him, but he hung around me long enough to see what I was doing with my band, and he stole my band. That's my band playing behind Bill on all his records. Yeah. No, it's been rough. I, I like when I really learn about your journey and just man, it's tough because there's a lot of people that just took from me. I mean, you you're you're a legend. You influence these guys and you have your own hits. But man, when you really look at it, these guys, it, it's speechless. It's just, I can't believe how many people just took advantage of you. It's sad. Oh, man, you don't, you don't have the tip of the iceberg, really. But anyway. That's only the, that's not even the tip? Oh, I can't wait for this book to come out. God's in control, man. Yeah. And, uh, God takes good care of me. He takes real good care of me. And I think it was because my intentions were always good. I'm a giver, not a taker. Mm. And I got involved with a whole lot of takers. That seemed like I throw them like a magnet. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I think karma does come for them eventually. So all these people that have taken from you, I think they've probably gone through things. If it wasn't in the public, it's they're probably dealing with in private. I do believe in karma to some extent. I, I always say no one really gets away. Yeah. Yep. No one gets away. Nope. Yeah. So if you're out there trying to take somebody, believe me, at some point you're gonna get taken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Express yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh Charles Wright, is is there anyone because when I think about it today, you said the R and B is dead. Is there any newer artist that impressed you? Is there anyone that's been that's come out in recent times that's impressed you in the R and B genre? Yes, sometimes New Dog does. Mm. Uh, sometimes Jay Z does, and uh, sometimes Usher does. But it's uh, to me, we were basically lost the real deal when it come down to emotion in the music. Uh, uh, the emotion is so important. It's all about, you ever hear Nat King Cole? Nat King Cole, yeah. Have you ever seen him do anything? I've seen him kind of live, especially with the Christmas song. Everyone knows that. So yeah, oh, but you gotta see the Nat King Cole television show. Oh, I gotta see that. Yeah, it was great 
but no nobody was sponsored because he was black. Mm. But the man is fantastic. That's the real deal right there. Yeah, Nat King Cole. And so was Jesse Bellman. Mentor. And speaking of shows, the Express Yourself show, you have your own show. I saw you had little Richard on. You've how, how are you looking to take this even further? Have you thought about trying to get on a big network with the show? Or what, what are your future plans with Express Yourself? I really don't have any plans with it. I I uh I decided to do this uh, maybe 10 or 12 years ago. I decided to do my own TV show and hopefully someone would pick it up. But I lost uh, that hope a long time ago. Uh, but I, I got about, I did about 32 shows. I got about 15 of them that are great. And Little Richard is one of them. Did you see that show? I checked out some of it a little bit. I got to watch the full thing. I did see it, and I know an icon that he is, and that's... Well, we had fun. Yeah. A lot of times, Richard's doing shows, they're talking about some down stuff. It was something that somebody's cheated him with this and that. Well, we dealt with that a little bit, but we, for the most part... Richard and I had a delightful time on that show. You could tell just from the clips that I've seen, I could tell that you guys hit it off. Another legend. When did you notice that music started to become categorized? Because you you speak about it, that the music industry, it's in a depressed state. We know why. There's not a lot of uplifting music anymore. When did you kind of start to notice that things started to be categorized? It's always been categorized. Mm. And I've always been kind of against that. You know, because uh, it's not it's not about the... I, I was just having a discussion with my family, my son and his uh, daughter and, and his wife and my girlfriend this afternoon over lunch. We were talking about the Grammys. And uh, they were talking about the Grammys. I'm not interested in the Grammys. <laughs> what I was I, I was uh, telling them is that they were talking about how this person looked and how this girl looked and how this person was dressed and how it, it's not about all of that when it comes to music. To me, it's about the sound. It's not about the look, but the industry has made it about looks. Looks. Yeah, you know, which is why I turn the industry off most of the time now. Uh, when I, I should be watching the Grammys, but the Grammys from where I come from is deteriorating. And, it's, and like I say, it's about music. But it, when you see a Grammy show today, it's about how they dressed and this and that. Yeah, it, it's it's a joke. I'll just say it like it is. It's a joke. I watch the Grammys. It's it's a joke. It's not about music anymore. And 
Jay-Z went up there on stage and basically said it. He said, a lot of you don't belong in the category with these awards. And he's right. It's, it's, a, it's, they don't take music seriously. It's yeah. just not, no, I'm, the industry is ruined the true roots of music, in my opinion. And you see it time after time on the Grammy stages for years and years. And Because they, excuse my expression, they don't let the real shit flow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the real, there's a lot of people who record music that's never been heard, that should be heard. And a lot of people that have music heard that shouldn't be heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think rap has it's been devastating to our music. Uh, I might be wrong, but uh, we've been busted down to talking. The the new the new especially some of the newer artists too. I know. It's not because rap, I always say it because I love rap. Rap has a message. Today's artists, it's just there's nothing. You can't really take anything from it. Well, when rap first started out, it did have a message. Yeah. It, well, I, Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel. Uh, and I appreciate it. And the music was a bit like they was using the track from uh, those two fellas in uh, New York was the track they were using, it was real music. And uh, the message, you know, was much pro, more profound and it was about something. But then they went off. And uh, damn, I don't know if they got back yet because I can't listen to them. Yeah. But, uh, I, some groups try to use my music if they're if they talking the wrong kind of talk, I don't let them use it. I get it. Yeah, and some of them don't mind changing their ways to, to fit to music. But I don't allow anybody when they see in the N-word and mother this and that. Don't use my music. Well, that's real. I respect it. Thank you. I do. I know a lot of people maybe because I, I run a hip hop show. They're like, eh, no, but you're a legend. So I I, I respect your opinion. I get it. It, it, well, it, it could be too that. much. I don't want to cramp your style. Yeah, no, it could be too much. No, no, it, it could be too much. I get it, especially today's because I'm very critical. I love 90s rap. I love when NWA, they were more late 80s, but I love not, like Rock Him and all these guys. Jay-Z, I like all that stuff. Nas, it's just today's hip-hop. It's just, I just scratch my head because there's just really nothing to it. It's pretty much all those words you said, that's the song. <laughs> yeah, like you said, you know, uh, 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 they are, uh, you said something back there that made sense. Anybody can make a record today. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not how it should be. That's what, it, it, no, the artists are in their own right. Not everyone's born an artist, you know? And and actually, you you had to train yourself. You trained yourself. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you were born an artist. You just had to find the, just learn. That's, it worked for you, though. 
Well, maybe. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I doubt myself now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Charles Wright, is there anything else you would love to let the audience know that we didn't talk about here today? Anything else that you want to accomplish? Anything else you want to let your fans know? No, I, I'm thankful for what I have done. And I'm thankful to still paying off. And like I say, God's in charge. And uh, I'm happy with the situation. With my old behind, uh, I, I've I've had some good times, and I've had some rough times. And the only way you can appreciate the good times is first you have to know what the rough times are. And so, once you learn the difference, uh, you can soar. I believe I can fly. You can believe you could touch the sky. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. <laughs> oh, Charles Wright, man. Thank you for coming on the show. It was an honor. Shout out to Monique. Thank you to Julius as well for getting us connected and setting this up. And once you release your new book and then I read the first one that you released, I would love to have you back on so we could get into an in-depth conversation about it. Yeah. By the way, you Damn good host. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, you certainly are. It means a lot. It does. It before we go, who's your pick? Because you're in the Super Bowl with the commercial. Who's your pick tomorrow? Niners or Chiefs? <laughs> uh, my girlfriend wants the Chiefs. I don't care who wins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she wants the 49 Yeah. Oh, I want the Niners too. I don't like the Chiefs. I'm over them. They've they're done. <laughs> All right. You got them both for as I'm concerned. Y'all go BMW from here on. Yeah. <laughs> go get trade the new my, BMW. Yeah, trade my Tesla in. Yeah. Trade it and get the BMW. Charles Wright, they can follow you on Instagram. I am Charles Wright underscore. Make sure they follow you there. Go check out the new singles, doing on the flow, your hand. Go download them, support them, and go listen to the old classics too that you got there. Loveland, your thing. Express yourself. You got them. Thank you. Of course. Charles Wright, enjoy the rest of your night. And until the next time, all right? Keep going. I look forward to seeing your upcoming work. All right. God bless you and your audience. God bless you, too. Take care, all right? All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.